as this broadcast is intended for mature audiences. In the following podcast, there will be thoughts and opinions expressed that in no way reflect your federation, this station, website, or affiliated partners. Who is this? How dare you... Who I am is not important. Listen to discretion is... Klingon best. Space. The final frontier. These are the voyages of Starship Trips. Her ongoing mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new content and new stuff. To follow the girl word, no podcast has gone forth. Hello and welcome to episode 262 of Dribbles and Ecstasy. I'm your host, Midnight Shadow, and joining me in the studio today, we have got... Oh god, Twitch is still borked. Indeed. Hi everybody, it's Sun. It's as annoying as the annoying dog. Stu dog. Hi everyone, Geese here. And no, Stu, you're not annoying. You're perfect just the way you are. Unless you're a bad dog, in which case, newspaper. I'm not annoying. I, I need to buck up my ideas and um, try and change that. Okay, so let's start off with Star Trek Online. Star Trek Online. This week, let's start off with the events that are coming up. So, we have got no general dates coming up. Um, basically, we've only got um, some screenshots um, that you can submit if you would like to get your screenshots into Star Trek Online, and you have until May 26th. So, you'll get your screen, this will be your screenshot, which will be part of the loading screens. So you may notice there are quite a lot um, already in the game. So um, they are from previous competitions that have been held. So um, yeah, the link will be in our show notes. But basically you need to submit it to ambassadorkale at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, yeah. At the end of the month, the winners will be chosen. So, 
yeah, I must admit, I've never entered any of those competitions. Um, I've got to sort out stuff in order to actually take good screenshots, because there is a good way, isn't there? Because um, you need to type in a command. Yes, the command is noted in the article. Uh, I cannot remember what it was, but I can find out. Now, that'll probably be different for console players, won't it? Because they probably won't be able to change the resolution or get a screenshot. Geez, would that be down to, like, sort of capture cards and stuff to be able to take screenshots on consoles? Um, yeah, possibly. I mean, to be honest, on a PlayStation 4, you can take... You can take a screenshot on the console directly and uh, upload it to things like Facebook and etc. like that. Okay, so hopefully console players can actually do their own screenshots themselves to enter into this. So, Yes, so the screenshot command in the chat window is backslash screenshot to take a .tga image or backslash screenshot underscore jpg to take a jpg image either is fine to submit so um so yeah um if you are creative then go and have a go looking at you zef films <laughs> so we have also had the first contact day writing contest winners announced now this was, must have been, what, five weeks ago? Yes, it was around about the week of First Contact Day. So around about the week of the 5th of April, a couple of days before, anyway, the competition went live. Well, they had to have the, the time to read all of the entries. They couldn't just read a few and then arbitrarily pick from those few, like some people suggest they did. I don't understand why people even do that. Why would you do that? What do you mean? I haven't just, heard just these. Arbitra arbitrarily suggest that they they only they only took they only selected the stories from names that they knew, like around the forums or in game, and then picked from those. Like, what? Why would they even do that? What even? What kind of sense does that even make? They wouldn't. That no, that's <laughs> no. That, that sounds well dodgy. That's like saying, congratulations to um, Ambassador Kell for submitting the best story ever. He gets first prize. Yeah. I think it's just people who thought they should have won and didn't. Probably just like... Sore, sore losers. Yeah. I expect that's what that is. So in third place is Tia Nizja Niza who walks away with the new Hollow Novelist title and a Phoenix Admiralty card and a Phoenix prize pack. In second place is Jason Wages, who wins the title, the Admiralty card, and three prize packs. And the grand first prize winner, drumroll please, Matthew Calhoun, who gets the title, card, and five Phoenix prize packs. On the, the blog post on the Stone News articles, the stories are linked there, so by clicking on the images, you can read the stories that one. Have any of you guys actually read any of the stories so far? Nope. I haven't read them yet either. Nope, can't say I have. 
Um, I only noticed the um, article today, and yeah, I've been a little bit busy uh, so far yep. this weekend. <laughs> I only actually realised that the the stories were readable about ten minutes ago myself, so I haven't had the time to go over the article. Well, hopefully, I'll get some time next week to read it. Um, the link to the blog will, of course, be in our show notes. So if you would like to go and take a look, um, Alex in chat has said, by the way, remember when the writing contest was announced and Sunseal wondered whether or not they would choose three winners per platform or three winners total? Yeah, I remember asking that. It's obviously three winners total. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's it for general PC news. So on to PC only. So events. Next weekend we have bonus marks weekend. And that is running from the 18th of May to the 22nd of May. We're currently still on the Mirrors and Smoke featured episode which ends on the 18th of May. So that is this coming Thursday. So week three rewards are currently out. So this is the final week for it. So yeah, if you want to go and get your Katari fortified shield, isn't it this time? Yes, the Kentori. I can't even speak. Lol. The Kentari fortified personal shield, which was designed to be able to react to incoming threats by modulating some of its excessive power to boost the effects of plasma-based weaponry. So, um, so this sounds pretty cool in conjunction with the the plasma-boosting Romulan Navy kit as well. Now, I did go and quickly run the mission earlier on today because I never actually got a chance to run it last week. <laughs> so I'm still a, um, a reward behind. So, of course, I never got to collect an extra upgrade token, which was annoying. And, um, yeah, made some notes because I said I'd go and have a look at a couple of things based on last week's discussions. So, uh, but yeah, if you want to go and get your bonuses. So, um, yeah, the armor and the shield give you an extra 12.5% chance of temporary hit points for 60 seconds when you take damage, plus 20% plasma damage. So... That's not bad. Better than no chance. <laughs> yeah. Might start playing about with plasma weapons again. Make some use of all these Romulan plasma stuff that I've got lying about. Okay. Well, moving on. They've gone back to doing some spotlighting for the Foundry. Yay! So, um, this time they have taken a mission from our friends over at the Foundry Roundtable. So this mission is called Apex and it's part of the Alliance Exploration Initiative, um, which was a series, wasn't it? I'm trying to think, was it five missions in total? Yes, they've had a few sort of arcs like that, including an Iconian War arc, but I think the Exploration Initiative was around about the time of the the start of the last season, uh, so around about 15 months ago. So, um, so yeah, the author of that is, oh, uh, just lost it, uh, Duncan 
Adio. Sorry if I butchered Idaho. your name. Idaho. So, um, yeah, congratulations for your spotlight. And hopefully they'll be doing more of that. Um, as it's a spotlighted mission, that does mean you get extra rewards. And of course, the Foundry is only available on the PC. So anyone who are console-only players, um, you won't be able to play. Sorry. Bummer. Yeah. yeah. It would be nice that if it's spotlighted, maybe they could do a port to that like they would their normal missions, maybe. Um, as something else console players can do. Um, who knows? But I suppose that's going to take an extra pair of hands to do that. It was noted that one of the concerns about having the missions sort of uploaded for console was that there wasn't any way for them to reward the players that had made the missions. Yeah, but they could always do that as part of a dialogue box, maybe, or something. So when it just came up... Um, a contact would state who it was from or something. Who knows? I'm sure they could probably do something. I was going to say, couldn't they just automatically send them the reward anyway? Like through, I don't know, like through a mail or something like that? Well, the thing is, they wouldn't be able to get rewards like people can give by the players. But if it's a spotlighted mission and they want to port it over to the console they could maybe get something from Cryptic um, or at least credit for it. Um, I don't know. Um, I'm sure something could be sorted, but as with all these things, they'll have to decide how important this is with their other priorities that they've got. Yeah, no doubt. So um, I suppose if they're seeing a decline in numbers and they want to add something else for people to be able to get into where maybe other people have created it and it doesn't take them as long to port it over it might be a possibility for the future but yeah i don't think that'd be for a while personally yeah i've always wondered how the uh, foundry would work on the console especially obviously the controls to set up the missions and things like that would it be easier or would it they be harder they i don't think they'd be able to do the foundry on the consoles they might be able to make some of the missions playable like they do on the spotlight so they would export it and maybe have it as part of a separate journal for people to sort of play and it has its own sort of player rewards and then if they do port it over they could maybe do something um for the author like saying okay we've ported this over um, onto console here's I don't know 500 zen or something um, but yeah it, it makes you wonder how they got the sims on the console then doesn't it well I think the sims are probably a little bit different um, I've, having not really played the sims I used to play SimCity um, which of course came before now with the sims there isn't I don't think as much in the way of dialogue and you haven't got the placement of things in a 3D situation, as in space, you can put it in anything from the X, Y, or Z axis, and then you've got all these different things that get put in. I'm not sure if there's that much control on The Sims. And yeah, I, got... I, only, I only made a reference to The Sims because I thought it could be 
like a similar control setup, but you made a good point of the obviously 3D and 2D axis kind of thing. And then there's also the dialogue. How do you write tons of dialogue? Because most people don't have keyboards that are usable or even think about plugging a USB keyboard into a console to type with. Yeah, good point. So I suppose they'll be the things that would mean that they couldn't create a foundry mission on the console, but maybe something, as I said, could be ported. So, If I'm not mistaken, both of the consoles have an, in, um, an integrated virtual keyboard of sorts. Yes, but have you tried writing huge amounts of text with that? It is so time-consuming. It's time-consuming, but it's doable because I've done it on a phone. I know, but I hate it. That's why if I'm going to type something, I'll go and use my computer. Or my fingers on those keyboards, I hate it. But Midnight, you're just not committed enough to the fandom. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I've still got a feeling that um, it, it'd be too much for people to stand there and you know, use use the pad to select every single letter of their dialogue. And like you said, if they're writing pages and pages, there's just no point to it. Things what also drives me mad with those ones is the keyboard very rarely is QWERTY. So it's always alphabetical, which, because I use computers all day, every day, it really bugs the hell out of me because I'm always looking for the letter. Whereas I'm and it would look like you were typing in Breen if you thought it was a QWERTY keyboard, but it was an ABCD one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as I said, I don't think that's going to be possible, but you never know. They might be able to export it out and have a journal of its own, and especially some of these ones where they're an actual series. Um, then, yeah, they could port over an entire series and it's all of like three or five missions or whatever from the relevant authors and congratulations your mission's been chosen to be added to the mission journal for the console here's 12,000 zen to get yourself either a Romulan pack a temporal pack or the intelligence pack sorry what was that last part uh the intelligence pack it's not called the intelligence pack um the one with the intel ships in it oh um Delta pack. Delta. Delta Rising pack. Yeah, sorry, what about the packs? I was, I was actually looking at Alex's uh, feedback in chat. So. Well, um, I, I was just saying, uh, like, if they had a competition or something, and they just said, oh, congratulations, we've chosen your mission to be ported to console, and it's been added to a mission journal there. We couldn't reward you, but here's 12,000 zen here, to pick up Here's enough zen pack. to buy one of the mega bundles. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Realize that's 120 bucks, right? Yeah. Well, the what is the the dilithium tip worth if it's being your mission's potentially being shown to five million people? Yeah. I don't know where I pulled that number from. Three point two million. Well, the thing is, is. <sighs> I think on average people don't get that much dilithium. I think it's sort of in the thousands unless it's one of the very, very popular ones. Um, but yeah, you're probably looking for a few thousand dilithium maybe on average. And even that might be being a bit too kind. And back to the grind again, yeah? Mm. 
Um, Remember, and... listeners, be kind and always tip your foundry authors. Yeah. If you dislike <laughs> the mission, remember and let them know why you disliked it. Don't be hateful about it. Jeez. Constructive criticism. Definitely. Now, Alex put in chat, Perfect World pulled the plug on the gateway. I kind of doubt that Perfect World is willing to put time, money, effort into a foundry port, and Cryptic can't, won't do it themselves because bang for the buck. That just like the gateway. Exactly. Well, actually, it's not. The gateway was Perfect World. That was the, a social side of it. Whereas the porting and the actual foundry itself is actually with Cryptic. That has nothing well, to no, do no, with Perfect World side of it. Here's the thing. You're making excuses for a separation of a thing that is kind of wholly under Cryptic's purview. If Cryptic had the time and wherewithal, they could have taken the gateway and made it a Cryptic thing, but they chose not to. I don't think it's as simple as that. It's all business politics are troublesome enough as it... Um, in sort of just as normal never mind when it comes to wanting to say oh this is your responsibility we now want to take this on when they don't have dedicated staff to do so perfect world had the staff in the web team in order to do that whereas the devs aren't that don't do the web programming programmers for um gaming will do things in like c sharp and all sorts of other things they don't always deal with the um interfaces and the sort of coding software that is actually dealt with on the web front and then you've got all the different types of servers that would be used and browsers and it's a completely different things i'm sorry but it seems like a cryptic or the perfect world didn't have the dev team for a stow gateway otherwise it would have gotten further support than it did well the thing is they were working on it uh, they even altered the doffing menu system to accommodate the gateway however due to security problems on the neverwinter one eg some bastard was hacking it eh? uh, someone somewhere high up in an office turned around and said that is costing us money and somebody's gonna start like nicking stuff through it so just pull the plug on that right now we're not going to take that risk and then the gateway died yeah but see here's the thing isn't the isn't the never isn't the neverwinter's um market mechanic wholly different than the one from stowe I honestly don't know. I thought it was pretty much exactly the same game on the same engine, even on the same the same server, because you can you can chat to people who are playing Neverwinter using the well, Stochat yeah, window. Neverwinter was but... on a fresher branch of um, the, the background system that they've got. And the idea was that a lot of the stuff being introduced to Neverwinter could eventually be ported over into the branch that Star Trek Online uses. That's not what I'm talking about. That's not what I'm talking about. Um, the way that I read it when a whole bunch of shit blew up over on the Neverwinter stuff was that their market system, you know, like our exchange, their market system wholly, not, not our dilithium exchange, but their entire go-to-the-market, put-up-an-item this kind of stuff was 
in like these astral crystal things and the astral crystal things were their dilithium. So their entire market economy was around their version of dilithium. So yeah, having a gateway app that you could quite literally manipulate for their version of dilithium would be something you'd want to clamp down on. Now, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I just okay. thought that's the way that their market worked. Their market worked through their premium currency, period. Well, so yeah. it would be like a sort of a simplified version of a store that has only one currency instead of EC and uh, dilithium. Well, it would have it would have two currencies. It would have the the base currency, which you can buy stuff from the NPCs in game, and then everything on the exchange would be through dilithium, and then the dilithium could be converted into Zen. The thing is, uh, well, Alex has also said in chat. Rakosa said that Cryptic could have done something with the gateway, but they would have had to invest in their own manpower money. But yes, that's the thing. They would have had to have taken on developers for the web, which is not their primary source of income. And it means then delaying if they try to get someone else to train up on what they need to do. Now, Perfect World has a web team. It is their responsibility to deal with that, which is why it was their responsibility. Now, as has just been said, with all the issues with Neverwinter, which was basically the test case for the gateway in the first place, with that failing and being sort of abused, yeah, that's why all that went sideways. But the developers themselves, they do in cryptic, they their skill sets are based on more than likely different technologies. I'm sure some of them do know how to do web programming, but that's not what they're there to do. Are we talking about the same gateway where you can only do certain things on it, like, for instance, duty officers and Just, stuff like that? Well, see, that's the difference. See, that's the difference. There was so much more stuff you could do through the Neverwinter thing. But again, the Neverwinter system's economy was based wholly on dilithium being their exchange currency instead of EC. At least that's what I kept reading from player to player to player who was talking about Neverwinter being crap. But um, but yeah, it it is a shame that that's all sort of disappeared. But I don't know. Maybe they can do something in the future. Yeah, definitely, it's a shame. Um, I actually thought that they was going to do something a lot more with what they brought out, but it just well, seemed. Yeah, that well, was the intention. The idea was that Neverwinter got the gateway. They also use the same technologies um, and feeds or whatever they had connecting the databases together for Star Trek Online, where they brought out something very basic. Basically, the only thing you could input and really actively do was to contribute to Fleet Holdings, which they didn't bring out for several months afterwards. Basically, all you could do was have a look at your basically paper doll. You could have a look at your character. You could see what consoles you'd got on your ships things like that apart from that you couldn't do much else as i said the only active thing you could do was donating to your fleet and yeah they could have expanded it and the plan was to expand it so you could do duty offers and i'm sure as they added things like admiralty and um i think it was actually yugi's who actually said that they or um, it might have been um 
Studog had mentioned about them doing stuff in game because of the gateway. Um, that's where Thomas had kept in mind the gateway and had tweaked and updated the UI. So that way it was very easily duplicated on the Stow gateway because that way people would recognize the user interface. You wouldn't have two systems looking completely different. So yeah, changes were made in game when they refreshed the UI in order so when it got onto the gateway by Perfect World that it would look the same. But of course that never materialized and whether or not that had something to do with some of the cutbacks they made, whether some of the people who were on those teams who were responsible for it were some of the ones that got um, made redundant over the last few years where we've had, um, was it two or three rounds of redundancies um, over time from Perfect World? Who knows? Yeah, such a shame because I actually thought they were going to do something really good with that, you know, like an app or something like that where you could use it out of game like we just mentioned and you know it kind of keep people attached to the game similar to like you can play timelines on your phone for instance but then you can also go onto a web browser and play the exact same game you know what i mean carry it on kind of thing now the fact that they've already ported the game over to console there may be an opportunity depending on how things like that go where they could do some sort of android and apple app but of course that's another thing that the staff have got to do is another export that has got to be done in order to keep maintained then you've got the different um, deployments for both apple and for android or even windows um, for mobile it's a lot of effort and time and the fact that you can't fully play the game on those devices would mean that it would be very hard to make it sort of, well, as Alex said, it wouldn't give them the bang for the buck. Yeah, I don't think they'd do that either. I mean, <laughs> going back to a classic argument, <laughs> a lot of people were peeved that they couldn't link their accounts from PC to console, and that maybe that's something that they'll look at in the future, but doing an app that links to the consoles is probably way off. They're more... They're, I have more of a better chance of doing it to the PC than the consoles, I think. The thing is, is the linking of the accounts, that's something which is out of their control. The servers that they get put on and the sharing of information is very different by Sony and by Microsoft. So it's to do with the structure of those systems and servers and things like that, which is why the data can't just be shared. Fair enough. Is now, I was going to say, like, I'll admit that when it comes to like online gaming and stuff, I I don't know very much. But is is that a very common thing, like consoles and PCs all being linked up and working together? Um, I well, I don't do much in the way of console gaming. The only thing I've ever really done on console is Metal Gear Solid. But the most recent one I actually got on PC. But from what I'd been told when I investigated, because I thought I'm better doing Metal Gear Solid using a console um, controller. So yeah. I had actually asked some friends who do tend to play a lot of console gaming. 
and they said that although you can get it on all three xbox um one playstation 4 and pc they don't tie in together you can't play on each one they are separated so from what i understand it's the same with all games they may be available on each of the platforms but you have an account on one it can't be ported over yeah so it is it is just sort of wishful thinking from players but unfortunately it's it's not actually a thing that does exist yeah um the thing is the porting over to consoles was to draw in new players it wasn't something which was really for existing players yeah it was to add add some more of the infinite diversity and infinite combinations into the player base rather than trying to migrate an already existing player base yeah it's it's basically increasing the audience because anyone who just played consoles because they didn't have a good enough computer and things like that just didn't even bother looking at Star Trek Online because they knew they couldn't play it. Now, if you have a console, you can. So. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't think there's been a game that I'm trying to think of off the top of my head that's, that has allowed me to convert it onto the console. Um, probably because of, like you said, the main reasons are, well, they're on different servers for a start. You know, you have to go through different channels and things like that, especially consoles you know sony and microsoft etc um but yeah like you said i mean one of the issues is obviously having a high spec or a good enough pc in the first place to be able to play it uh and that's an issue that i used to have in my younger days you know updating my graphics card etc etc and even for things like streaming now and that as well you know it's a similar sort of thing where you've got to update your update your your specifications on the pc like your ram and that whereas obviously on the console it does all that for you so i can understand again why they switched to playing it on the console and like you said it opens up to a whole new range of audiences doesn't it yeah it's funny how talking about the foundry has led us to this discussion <laughs> I, just, I actually had to go back in the show notes thinking what did we start talking about <laughs> i'm gonna start a petition foundry and console everyone can sign it <laughs> okay so we had a new release um on patch day so for pc that was thursday the 11th of may so um they've made some updates to the player potential system this is the system that um, will group you with people for the war game scenarios where you don't have visibility of where you are. Um, you just hopefully get queued with people more of your level. So um, someone like me probably wouldn't be um, playing if I was just pugging it with someone like Timberwolf with his 100k ships. Um, so... Um, yeah, they have updated that based on getting input from everybody playing. Um, they've resolved crashes that have been occasionally um, crashing people's computers when either patching or loading into maps. Um, 
on Twin Tribulations, they now have added an AFK penalty on Normal Mode. Um, there's also some other ones there as well. Um, let's see. Competitive Wargame Consumables. Um, they now um, benefit from any kill that isn't a carrier or pet projectile um, on the takedown consumables. Um, the consumables now display their shared cooldowns when viewed in the inventory. Um, as we briefly covered last week or the week before. Yeah, it's last week, wasn't it? Um, that with these ones, you don't actually have to put them into your trays. You can keep them in the inventory. So um, you can easily sort of just use them there. So that's a little bit different to current gameplay. Um, so yeah, they've also updated the PVE UI. They've added a filter to display all PVE queues, regardless of the rewards. So for those of you who liked the big long list, you can now have it back. The big long list is back. Um, the group invite accept window will always show the create private tab instead of toggling the window. Um, they've added a message for when the private match group is disbanded due to queuing for a regular match. Um, they've also added a button to view the reward cooldowns as well. That was Finally. that a lot of people were missing. And they resolved an issue where solo players are grouped into a queue when joining a PvP map. And they've also resolved an issue when a player is set to team mode, the player would get kicked out of the group when invited by a player in invitation mode. They've made some updates to the Foundry there's no longer an Undine Dromaeus. 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 Yeah, an Undine Dromaeus biocruiser that is mistakenly labelled as a Deverish class. Um, they've updated display names for numerous ships. Um, some of the known problems. Um, hypercapacitor shields do not show shield regen value in the UI. Scramble Fighters does not properly interact with the damage immunity lockout. And target information is not visible in shooter mode. I haven't noticed yeah. that one. I don't tend to go into shooter mode, to be honest. So um, I'm always in shooter mode. I'm not a fan of the RPG mode. Um, we've had a comment in... Yeah, it's RPG mode that I don't do, actually. Yeah, I'm getting it the wrong way around. <laughs> but yeah, I hadn't noticed anything. And we've had um, a comment from Data Android in chat saying, have you seen the new Miranda Saratoga model? It looks like a tier six Miranda. And he's um, sent a, a link to ImageUr. So, um, yeah, I'm trying to think, is this some of the ones that Thomas may have been posting? Because I think he's been working on doing some updates again. Uh, yeah, it doesn't say... The top one does look like the U.S. is Sar like the Saratoga. Yeah. Alex says is in the triple patch notes on Friday. Okay, so it looks like there are some updates coming to that. So we might actually get that um, maybe even next week if it's already on triple. So there, there you go, Alex. There's, there's more to complain about. They, they, they've released your tier six Miranda. Wow, wow, wow. You kept asking for it. There it is. The funny so, thing is, um, one of these tier pictures... six space shuttle. Then wait a wait a minute. Wait a minute. One of these one of these one of these Miranda shots 
has a bottom view of the um, of the nacelles and the 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 joint between the mission pylons and the hull slash saucer. There's like these X-wing fighter type deals on on the ship. They they look like the little the little laser arm things from an X-wing, just really shortened. It's even got the little cup with the little saucer, you know, the little pointy deal coming out of it. So, um, yeah, Alex has posted in chat um, the triple patch notes. So, um, that's dated yesterday, May 12th. So, um, loading that up now. Oh, okay. Alex said, I won't complain. I demand a tier 6 to plan a half and a tier 6 Apollo 11. so yeah on Tribble at the moment um, the art for the Miranda has been updated to be more in line with its canon model from Star Trek to the Wrath of Khan so yeah it does look like Thomas has been busy Um, I know he often goes back and does these um, and sorry if it is another Star Trek developer um, the PVE QUI, um, some of the changes on Tribble, resolved an issue where the skill drop-down UI would disappear out of place when attempting to sort the queue list by skill. Double-clicking a queue will now toggle the checkbox. And resolves an issue where the timer was not reset for accepting a queue when all but one player declines and another player is matched. So, um, so yeah, there's more... Um, PVQUI changes coming, so that might be out this coming Thursday the 18th. Oh, they fixed the Exit Caves button that's always in the new Romulus Underground Ruins mission. Awesome. <laughs> so, now, last week we um, did a review on our take on Mirrors and Smoke, and Part of that discussion was regarding the sick person when we beamed in. Now, one of the things I'd mentioned is I'm sure that somebody else was about at that particular time. So when I played it quickly today, um, sure enough, there is one of the Kantari, which is hovering over the person saying, are you okay?" So there was one of their people already there to attend to them. How long did you stay there? Because that person goes, are you okay? Do you need help? Um, I stayed there for a few minutes and they only said, are you okay? Are we going back to this argument again? (laughs) I was under the impression that the guy was pretty much like, you know, at the end of the road and screwed. And it was one of these, yeah, we we can't help him. Nay luck, Chuck. It might might have been. But at the end of the day, we were supposed to be there to try and help all the people, not just the one, and a member of their own species was there to help. So, as I said last week, I did not see a problem, even as a Federation officer, of seeing the terrible things going on and wanting to speak to their leaders about it. Um, And yeah, I had another look about when the second attack was, and yes, that was, as you said, son, it was after the barricade and outside. But again, Due to the dialogue that came up, I still stand by the fact that, given the fact of the I unrest... I really don't care! I know. It's your opinion, it's it's my opinion. We will have conflicting opinions. Okay. Yep. 
Um, but yeah, also to do with Pintaro, just probably just removing the guards because he wants us not to be there. So, and um, you'd also mentioned about the moon, um, about people having access and how that shouldn't have happened. But then part of the dialogue was just before we beamed down is that the Ministry of Defence should have complete access for oversight, which is why the traditionalists were able to um, stop things and which is why before we beamed back up, um, you actually get Kamari who actually says she's locked out access to everyone but you and me. That was the reason for that. That's that's see that's that's not my issue. That's the the them being there as oversight is not my issue. My issue is that there are waves and waves of these traditionalists not there yet spread around all the uh, all all over the map so that they come at you in waves when you're trying to fix shit. Like the whole moon just got vaporized. Okay, I can see. A few people being right down there with the um with the Lucari setting up the, the device, the Genesis device and all that kind of stuff. I don't ever recall the Kintari saying they had teleporter technology of any sort. They never said that they didn't. Okay. Still, uh, you know uh, And there is we were surrounded by their ships. I'm sure that um Forgotten his name beginning with P. Pintaro had actually got troops under his sort of wing who were sympathizers with him. That he could say, Right, beam down, got some groups of people from different ships, hence different teams coming at you at different times. I mean, because you know, if I was the prime minister after the fact and people were pissed at me after the fact. And I was in an RP blog where my guards were concerned for my safety after the fact. And we had transporter technology. The guard would pretty much say, you might want to use a transporter instead of taking taking the safety exit today. Well, who knows? But the thing is, why would they give transporter coordinates instead of saying a shuttle launch bit? That's why I because said I... The other, be, because... Because as a presence who is superior and has this technology, you're going, we have the technology to beam down to you. Give us your your geo uh, your geo coordinates and we'll beam down. Dude, have you totes got maps and a compass and you can tell us where you are and I'll just like because come to Picard you. Because Picard has done that before. The thing is, it's only ever really been Voyager that ever, that, and maybe a bit of Enterprise that ever sort of mentioned to somebody what, transportation actually was it never was beforehand but as i said um i just said that i'd go back and have a look so i did so thank you alex the mission is serviceable the story is unintentionally hilarious well i enjoyed it okay also for you accolade hunters there are accolades to be found on the moon and on the planet itself do you know which ones they are offhand i can't remember the name of them offhand and there's an the accolade one... for going down all of the dark alleys on Kintar and finding like the people who are basically just living their life on Kintar. So it's like um watching or something like that. The, t- the that that one's called watching or or 
watch the populace or something. There's one on the the planet as well from there's a series of news articles that you read to get the sort of the lowdown on all the info that's like stuff that's happening from the economics page and the sports pages of the it looks very much like the BBC news. But when you read all those, you get an accolade for that. And the one on the moon is for giving Kamarki sufficient cover during the fight. I haven't been able to sufficiently cover her, unfortunately. That woman seems to have a habit of getting shot at. Yeah, I think I got those two, but the one that Sun talked about, about going down all the alleys, I don't remember getting one then, but I'm sure I had covered all of them. But I'll have to have another look when I go back to get the shield. Yeah, every every nook, every cranny. See, like, when you start, there's the guy in front of you, and then you want to go straight down the road. If you turn around, there's, like, an alleyway behind you, if I'm not mistaken. Or there is a there is an area in that opening box that you can stand in with a Kentari near there that will trigger the the little chirp for you've gotten that portion of the accolade. Now go find the rest before we give you the accolade. Okay, I'll have to... I shall go take a look. But yeah, if you're an accolade hunter, we've got some more to go and get. As for the newspaper things, did anybody notice that they had, like, a progressive newspaper and a traditionalist newspaper? Yep. With completely different articles over the same topic. I so quickly read them about two weeks ago, I can't even remember what they said now. Um, It's like the blue tops and the red tops. I was so... um, I was quickly trying to run it today because I had so much to do that I didn't actually choose to read them this time. But, um, yeah, I'll have to have another look. But, um, yeah, I can't say that I did actually notice. It was it was weird. It's just a little bit weird. But, you know, stuff being true to actual life is a little bit uncomfortable and weird. This is why people, a lot of people dislike Voyager. Why? Because it was too true to life. Because it was people being thrown into a situation where, which they had to deal with. And for me... That's the sort of programming I tend to prefer. So things like that, Battlestar Galactica, I love those. Yeah, I mean, it can be a bit mundane. Obviously, you know, they haven't got many places to go, have they? Apart from the planets or the people that they see every day. Um, And I'm guessing that the, the fact that they need to get home all the time, being reinforced in every episode could be a bit tedious, but it's still good. I thought it was pretty good. Anyway, it was a different spin on the whole Star Trek universe thing and a different angle. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I know, Alex. I noticed. I didn't, I, I want to say I didn't, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> the, the blue news anchor, the blue news anchor for the paper, um, for the, the progressive, more economic-centered newspaper is... Admiral Tanay. I want to say I didn't notice because because it was pretty goodly, you know, it was pretty good uh, disguising it, but I still noticed. Uh, I never noticed. But then uh, I, I've not noticed it's the same person. <laughs> so. But. 
there's, I usually have there's, there's sounds a, there's muted a, anyway, so... There's a cadence in the way she speaks that is just so audibly recognizable to me. And I pick it up constantly. Like, if... I mean, Midnight, you, you know Adrienne, right? Of course. You've spoken with her enough times that if you heard her voice in just about anything, you could go, that's Adrienne, right? Yes, I, I do know what you mean. Because I know the voice, I... Do recognize it when it's Adrienne who I does something. I don't know who this woman is. I have never seen her face. And I can constantly pick this woman's voice out of every episode. No matter what episode it is and no matter how scrambled her voice is. So while some people are hunting accolades, you're hunting Tanae. No! No! I just run across it and go, oh, hi! Tanae's <laughs> hunting you. Uh, oh well. Alrighty. Well, let's move over to some console news. Star Trek Online console news. So, geez, do you want to go through what's in the calendar event? Yes. Um, to be honest, not much. Uh, we have probably, as mentioned last week, the Crystal Lion Cataclysm event started on the 11th of May, but again, it doesn't finish till the 1st of June. So if you're like me and you've only started now, you have got a chance. So <laughs> get in them queues and get going. Um, apart from that... There is a featured project coming up. I'm actually currently on the console right now, so I can just have a quick look. Uh, there is a featured project coming up on... It's called Broadened Horizons, and it will add glass floors to your research lab. Ooh. As well as, obviously, the research room itself. Um, that is running from May the 11th till May the 25th for the star bases. Now, these featured projects. Now, this one seems to be a little bit longer than because it's usually only for two weeks, isn't it? Um, or is this them running all the featured projects? Uh, um, I'm not too sure, to be honest. I mean, it just kind of says in the event info that it's called Broaden Horizons. Complete this project will, ask gla will add glass floors to your research lab's conference room and research room. Increase the height of your research lab's development room and add machine rooms to your research lab's research and development room. So it's a lot of cosmetic stuff. Um, it, it, it almost sounds like they've grouped all the cosmetic stuff into one. For the research labs, yes, yeah, it definitely sounds like that. Um, it looks like you could probably do three, pretty much, depending on how quickly people are of their star bases and stuff. Yeah, it sounds like they may have increased what one of the projects is, and then they've also increased the amount of time to get it and possibly increase the amount that's required compared to the PC. So... Um, if you're listening yeah. and you know if they have or haven't, then please get in contact and let us know. Okay, so um, I didn't put this in the event notes, but I'm just looking, like I said, I'm looking at the calendar at the moment. And this Thursday coming on the 18th, 
which no doubt we'll probably mention it again in next week's podcast as well, is actually Borg Red Alert Weekend for the console players. So they're bringing back the Borg for that. And um, moving on to the console patch notes from the 9th of May. Um, <clears throat> okay, so in general, they've resolved a crash that would occur when a player opened the infantry that has a Russian blue cat from the lobby store in it. Now, I haven't seen a Russian blue cat. Um, Damned Russian cats. <laughs> but they seem to be swarming the infantry, so <laughs> that's called the exterminators or something. Um, it's also resolved an issue where a number of powers would not appear in the, read, the radar menu. So that could be for either ground or space. I'm not too sure. They resolved an issue where the Temple Agent event was still running. Um Newly made 23rd century captains will no, no longer use the Temple Agent reward system. Oh, bummer. <laughs> Already created Temple Agents will not change, though. All the characters on the account which has a Temple Agent will still be able to access the rewards from the system. Pardon me. I hope you, I hope you guys got in while the getting was good, because all that EC. <laughs> I did get one, I must admit. Well, you only really need one in order to activate um, most of the rewards, but you really want to have had one for each faction. Well, it was only Federation. Oh, it was only Federation. Well, here's here's the thing. Oh, yeah, because it's Temporal Agent. Sorry, yeah. For each one of those, you create the rewards you get for leveling up that character, that character specifically through the through the temporal system is a huge chunk of EC. Mm-hmm. So, having a whole bunch of those characters like Midnight has, and making them all temporal tunes when the temporal thing happens means a whole bunch of banked EC. Yeah, I ended up Cashing in the EC and deleting all those characters and then recreating them as normal characters. So that way they could benefit from the progress of the um, temple agents and things like that. You went back in time, you made a whole lot of people, and then you turned them into hot dogs and money, you monster. Well, it's I just, not just that. It's I just stuck not- in the transporter buffer for a while and they came out... Almost Tuvix style, just a little bit different. <laughs> I was thinking more like the um, the well, they they weren't people after they went through the transporter in the motion picture, but those things. The most horrifying thing in a non-horror movie ever: the transporter accident in the motion picture. My God, that was terrifying, <laughs> and for no other reason than. The way those characters scream while dying. Oh no, they're forming. Ah! It might just be because I'm a disturbed person, but I never thought anything of it, to be honest. (laughs) You were sitting there laughing into your popcorn, weren't you? (laughs) No. Uh. Okay, so. um, The Lakari weapon proke will no longer heal enemies while the player is confused. Resolved an issue where 21st century Federation captains could not change the ship registry numbers. So if you've got a number you didn't like, you you couldn't change it until now. 
Uh, added Type 4 and upgrade materials to the Klingon flagship battlecruisers. Resolved a gap between the Gorkon nacelles and the hull and the hulls of the other Klingon flag- flagship battlecruisers. Sorry. Resolved an issue where team damage floaters remained hidden when the option show team damage floaters was set to on. However, there is still a couple of known issues that console players need to look out for, and that is that occasionally, not all the time, but occasionally, a crash related to the camera system is occurring. The planet in the Battle of Caleb 4 is green from... Oh, no, the planet in Battle of Caleb 4, sorry, is green from space. I don't know why that's a known issue, but... um, Yeah, what what colour is it supposed to be? I have no idea. Blue, maybe? (laughs) Did you say chocolate? (laughs) Yeah, it's supposed to be chocolate. Chocolate Chocolate-flavoured planet. There you go. (laughs) And that that wraps up all the console news for this week. Alrighty. Alright. Red alert, combat, combat. Disengage the cloaking device and fire the torpedoes. Yep, it's time for the combat log. I've lost the intro. <laughs> oh, do you want bother. me to just do you want me to just do the intro for you? <laughs> Combat log. So, that was actually uh, pretty good. <laughs> it's my favourite one, so I remember it well. Combat log. So earlier this week, I made a sort of tutorial video on how to transfer dilithium from character to character on an account. It was a question that had been popping up quite a lot on Facebook groups, and it made me think that whilst there are a lot of videos on YouTube about just like, you know, DPS chasing and causing damage, there isn't much videos in the way of just, you know, like basic game mechanics and stuff so i'll probably make a few more videos along these lines to add to that playlist on the subject of damage timberwolf has been in the maths class science cruiser and trying to work out how to rebuild the dps and he's got a video out called the chase for 100k in escalation um it wasn't the science cruiser was it that was the um, Odyssey Tactical. Ah, was it the Tactical? Yeah, Sorry. it is Tactical um, one. I know that he'd been flying a science cruiser before. Uh, that was one that he'd parsed at, I think it was 80k in on the Tribble server, uh, like pre-escalation launch. Okay, yeah, no, he said at the beginning of the video he's gone back to his favourite ship, which is the Odyssey um, Tactical. So Nice. So, um, yeah, he does a test, um, doesn't quite get to 100k, and then he does another one, so he makes some tweaks, does, and then he goes through the build. So, um, yeah, it tells you about the things that he's chosen and reasons, and um, although he's going to go through a detailed list of the kit and everything else in a video that will be coming soon. So the link will be in our show notes um, if you'd like to watch that. And um, 
you can always subscribe to his channel as well. Okay, so that's it for Star Trek Online. So let's head over to do some timelines. I hope you've got a bumper for this one. Does no one here understand your incredible good fortune? Star Trek Timelines. Did someone say gay? You seem to find this all very amusing. Yes, yes I do find it amusing. <laughs> There's the bumper. <laughs> so, um, we've got some new um, faction events that have come out. So, um, it allows squadrons and crew sharing and is currently running at the moment. And it allows you to go for Section 31 for your shuttles or the Marquee. Thank and God this is not a building thing again. <laughs> and it's Borg related. So, for the event crew, um, you have got a new five-star legendary gold character, which is one. Um, you've got then an existing four-star um, super rare, which is Dr. Saran. And then you've got a new four-star super rare, which is assimilated Tuvok. So, um, so, yeah, I picked him up today. Now, the threshold rewards that you could have been winning is seven in blue, which is the existing two-star. Then assimilated Tuvok, which is the new four-star that we just talked about. And then the Borg Queen, um, which is an existing five-star. Um, not sure if I'll have the time to get to that level. Um, I've only just claimed um, assimilated Tuvok myself. Now, for the ranked rewards, um, you start off getting Chief, sorry, Security Chief Tuvok, which is an existing three-star. Dr. Saran, which is the existing four-star. And then you get the new five star which is one they are the rewards you could have been getting if you've been playing um there have also been some new crew that have been released the first is a falcon o'brien and the other one is the champs duchamp the champ so that was the character that um was it Bashir or Worf? It played? was Worf. He was sitting at the, I think it was the Bakra or the roulette table. And That's right. He was smoking a cigar and wearing a white suit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I thought uh, that was um, a bit of a fun episode of Deep Space Nine. Now... I also noticed on Facebook earlier today, which is usually a strange day for these things to be posted, that a Q Continuum pack, um, Continuum pack has been released. Now, this is a pack that will um, a chance of limited Q crew. So um, that can be found in the Time Portal. So you can buy one for seventy-two dilithium, or you can buy ten for six hundred and fifty. So. Um, if you like Q and you want to get him, because there haven't really been that many chances, um, you now can. 
I have two Q, both one star, even though they're really high-level characters. I'm trying to think who I've got. I'm just using. I've got the, the human Q and the judge Q. I've got I'm the just, captain Q. I have got Captain Q. That's three out of four stars. I've got Human Q. That's three out of four stars. They're the only ones that I have. So, um, yeah, Human Q is level 40 for me, and then Captain Q is level 50. Another thing, I don't know if we'd covered this in a previous podcast, as I've not been about for a while, but Timelines is going to be released to Steam. Hashtag really soon. Ah, I hadn't seen that. If that's the case, Alex might be able to play if he wants to. So how does I that think the work? the answer to that is that there's no such thing as timelines. Well, no, it might be there's no such thing as Steam. <laughs> um, yes, on the, the actual Steam page itself, it says that it was slated to go to the platform in May. Uh, I found out a few days ago through a friend, and I'd went onto the the Steam browser and had a look, and it didn't confirm any specific dates, but it does seem to be coming very soon. That'd be interesting, though, and um, again, attract more people, won't it? Yeah, I'm just hoping that there's some way that I can migrate my Facebook timelines across there using my um, ID code somehow. Um, uh, yeah, I tried connecting Facebook up, but it wouldn't allow me at the time. I still haven't retried. Uh-huh. I use um, Facebook Game Room to play it onto, like, so I don't have to go into the actual Facebook browser itself, like Facebook on my browser itself. The uh, Game Room acts as like a, a smaller program, if that makes sense. Okay. That's cool. I might look into that myself. Uh, one of the issues that I was having playing through Facebook is that the small notifications that pop up in the bottom left corner sort of appear over the UI, and whenever I was clicking stuff down there, it pulls me out of the game. It's it's, it's not handy when you're in the middle of a PvP battle. No, that sounds like you you're on the actual like you're on Just like you have to go Facebook through Facebook. Itself. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, see, I started off doing that as well, and then it wasn't until I looked on Facebook where it said, obviously, download the Facebook game room thing. I did that, and then it was just a case of... It still allows you to play the game. Like It would allow you to play any game that you would normally play on Facebook, Yeah, but just kind of a separate thing, which, like you said, would help you, wouldn't it? Yeah, so it is a, a downloadable program. Yeah. Cool, I'll look into that. Yeah, well, I just decided that I'd get the 10-pack for Q, and I only got one single Q in the whole thing. That's what you get for buying into the game that's about crew management. Damn. Yeah, I got six blue star and um, blue quality characters, um, three ship, lots of ship schematics, which all of those ones are... I've got anyway, and yeah, I got one human queue. So that's what you that, get for gambling. Haven't done one of those for ages because you usually just get extra crew slots. Yeah, uh, well, at least I can upgrade my intrepid class ship. That's that gone from level four to level five. Oh no, I've got enough to get to level six. No, it's not. I think it's just 
bugged, it's still got the upgrade button selected. So, but yeah, oh well. Have we got a, a fleet or a squadron on the timelines that everyone yep. joins? We do indeed. Um, it's called Dribbles and Ecstasy. Catchy. <laughs> so, uh, it's almost like we planned to have a guild. Unfortunately, they still haven't actually done anything with the... Basically, all you can do is chat to people. Um, you have you a... say that, but the leader of our squadron, hint to hint, Midnight Shadow 7, keeps forgetting to share his crew for events. Well, a squadron is different to the fleet. That's that's part of the that's part of the thing. I actually thought so what you're saying sharing... is he's totally not he's not a team player at all. He's just selfish. I actually thought the crew got were shareable straight away. No, Must admit, you I have never to looked slot into it. somebody from your crew that the rest of the squad can then share. Ah, I shall have a look at that now, actually, because, yeah, I must admit, I thought that was already done. I don't think it's available for this event, though, but it is available for other events, especially like the crafting events. Do you know where you go to share your crew? It should be in the event menu, but like I said, it's not. It's not in this event, but it it should show up for the for the like the building ones, or like you're taking stuff and building stuff. Oh, I must admit, I hadn't actually noticed the thing for sharing them. Well, listeners, if you use it, tell us what you think of the sharing, and if you actually remember to do it yourselves. So. Straight up call out Midnight and Midnight's like, oh, I didn't know that was a thing. I thought it did it automatically. <laughs> what thing in this game is ever done automatically? Geez, I think we're watching a, a power struggle here. Eh? It sounds like that she thinks that she should be the boss. Yeah, it started last week. It's continuing this week. <laughs> <sighs> I'm, take, I'm taking bets. I'm taking tickets. Merchandise, all sorts. Oh no, he's still totally in control because he's the one spending money on this stuff. I'm just like, dude, you've got to like say that this is like the bomb and 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 talk about these these extras and things that can be done in the game. The least you could do is do them. <laughs> <laughs> it's just wow. one of those things. It's just like, yeah, must look into how to do it and just. Kept forgetting, <laughs> just like, oh yeah, sharing crew, mention it. Mental thought, must remember to actually have a look how to do that and where that is. Always forget. <laughs> but yeah, on the next event where it is crew sharing, then yeah, please remind me. and um, That I will do. Um, actually, I think, in the, no, it does actually say squadrons and crew sharing as both being yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah, it's available, but you still have to slot the character for each event. Yeah, no, what I'm saying is experimental design should actually allow me to slot someone for sharing, but I can't see where it's allowing that. Can you? Mm, no. It doesn't even say it in the event rules, so... Hmm. It might just be an error in the blog. Because yeah, because um, if it was under ranked rewards in squadron, it would say there'd be a little thing for the specific shared crew that w- we would be using, and it would be empty. 
But yeah, in the squad, it's just got that. So then yeah. again, that was before 2.0. So who the hell knows where any of that is now? Yeah, I can't seem to find it. So yeah, if you are a Star Trek Timelines player, and yes, Alex, I know that doesn't include you. Um, have you actually been sharing your crew? And if so, how have you done it? So I think I'll make that one of the community questions, actually. So, okay, time to move on. Let's go and have a look at the holodeck. Holodeck. Last week we had Manu Interami back to visit us and he was talking about um, the circuit and gave us some updates on there. Um, when I checked earlier on, they were on just under 79,000, which just having a quick look now, um, they're now just over 79,000. So they've still got just over a week left. Now, as Manu had actually mentioned last week, they are looking to actually get to 200,000 because they've actually got some sponsors who, if they get to 200,000 in funding, um, they will actually add in the same amount. So if they get 200,000 funding through Kickstarter, they will have 600,000 so they can actually do the entire sci-fi series. So that's all 10 sci-fi stories. Now, Stu, you've actually got a load of information that they've been sending out to people. Yes, um, I am a backer myself, so I've received several emails in the last week. Uh, the first one is about a, a thing called a twibbon, which is a, an item that you can overlay on your your Twitter profile picture to show that you support the, the circuit. So the, the email is from Manu Interami. It's, hello, friendlies. If everyone wants to be super cool for the next 10 days and spread the message to pledges all the way to 200k, then go get your official circuit Twibbon and add it to your Facebook and Twitter pages. Here is the link. Uh, Twibbon.com slash support the circuit Urbiesa. Also, today, at Circuit Movie on Twitter, we're having a Twitter storm to get hashtag WeAreTheCircuitTrending and get the word out to a brand new audience of sci-fi fans on Twitter. Maybe we get our magic 600 more pledges and finance the series. Help by joining us live at the Circuit Movie on Twitter from 10am to 4pm PST, where we will be streaming to all the awesome Facebook groups that have let our movement to bring back Trek ethics to a brand new show right into their hearts. 10 days to raise 123,000 and I can match the fund to millions. Finance the show and announce two A-list actors that want to join us. Can we make it? I think so. Just 599 more pledges to go. Thank you, Manu Interami, aka Lil Icheb from Star Trek Voyager. 
Love you guys. Poor Manu is so exhausted. He looks unhealthily exhausted at this point. I, I tuned in for one of his live little little things on Facebook towards the end. And I was like, Manu, you need to sleep. And he's like, but we have to get to 200,000. And it's like, okay, at 200,000, you take a nap. Guys, get, get the circuit to 200,000. I mean, not only... Not only do we need to be less dependent on Star Wars and Star Trek for our sci-fi, but this is like the chance, the one chance you're going to get to get actors from all of this other sci-fi together to do a thing that is totally not all of those things and still be like a big, huge sci-fi Hit. Now, this looks like a project that is going to be absolutely awesome. Something that's not just going to be the same recycled stuff that we've seen for the last... I mean, I'll admit that I've probably not seen any decent sci-fi series in the last 15 years. I don't think there has been any. Midnight's over there going, but what about Battlestar Galactica? Well, I'm thinking, well, okay, there's Battlestar well, Galactica, um... there's Stargate... Um, there's Sense8, that's, well, that's sci-fi. Um, um, yeah, there's all sorts of good sci-fi out there. I mean, I was, I wasn't thinking Battlestar Galactica, that's one of the ones that I, I very much enjoyed, but, uh, I mean, Stargate seems to be very recycled, and it kind of got a bit like okay so we've got this ship that it goes places and finds stuff that it needs oh no we don't have any fuel <laughs> oh we we're at the fuel planet oh no we've run out of milk <laughs> oh we're at the milk planet we just got a bit lame after a while he's not wrong oh, yes, he is. <laughs> but yeah there's also continuum that was really good um what 100 i enjoyed that Killjoys has been fantastic. Stranger Things was a nice sci-fi um, series that will be coming back soon. Uh, was the other one with the guy for me? Are uh, Falling Skies? Um, yeah, there's all sorts of <laughs> good sci-fi. So what you're saying is, don't donate to the circuit. Shame That's not what I'm saying. Cheers, midnight. It's, yeah, fine. No. Whatever Midnight thinks that we don't need in our sci-fi series, fine. Okay. Well, we do need more sci-fi. And we need more clever sci-fi, which is about sort of human interest and sort of the bettering of ourselves. It's one of the things that the circuit is about, which a lot of sci-fi isn't about. That's what makes it that bit different. Um, and this is going to be, although it's in one location, it's going to be, sort of, as was described to us, it's going to be sort of different, um, I forgot the word I'm looking for. Um, in different genres. Genres, so thank you. So, yeah. By the um, way, nice save. Nice save. Oh, it's true. <laughs> like, I, I, I just very, I just disagreed heavily about the fact there's been no different sci-fi out there. The last thing we need is new sci-fi, <laughs> which is why the circuit has this other viewpoint of what sci-fi should be. We, nice always, we, we always, we always need new sci-fi. 
And the thing is, is these days, in order to follow sci-fi, it used to be one of those things that only geeks and nerds did. But these days, it's a lot more sort of open to everyone, even when it comes to things like Guardians of the Galaxy, um, Supergirl, so all the stuff from DC, from Marvel. A lot more people are enjoying science fiction. And we need a lot more of, as Manu said, the Roddenberry style, sort of when it came to Andromeda and Star Trek, where it's about people trying to be better than they are. So, which is what the circuit is all about. It's telling different stories and different genres um, all in one place. So I'm thoroughly looking forward to what they do with this anthology series. And yeah, hopefully they can sort of um, get to where they want to be. So they're nearly up to 80,000. So they want to get to 200,000, as I just said, and they have just over a week to do it. So um, for, I think, you guys in America, um, this closes on um, payday, from what I've been told, which is Tuesday the 23rd. So I know for us in the UK, a lot of people tend to get paid on the last Friday of the month, so that'll be the 26th. So, yeah, if you can, um, please do back it. Even if it's just a dollar. But if you're not in the position where you can back the project, take all these links and things and Um, just share, share and share and tell other people to share. That's what I'm doing, Manu. Quit bugging me about supporting. I'm sharing the link to the people who can't support you. I'm helping. I'm helping. I'm helping, damn it. (laughs) So, yeah. um, Was that all the messages that you went through i've still got a few more here so the because of course you do manu's <laughs> like manu is is really like a borg he's just a little harasser with stuff he's always got stuff out there just floating around hi circuit friends thanks again for helping us launch a series here's a little note to let you know about a few things first the have you ever had a close encounter dinner party perk just got infinitely cooler and the price went down by half come and eat with us. Also, we made the digital set tours more fun by adding a digital copy of the screenplay and the storyboards to take with you as you beam back to your home. And if you want to help us spread the word and try to reach our magic number of 200,000, where friends of mine waiting in the wings will match funds with us, making the project instantly a whole series instead of a single episode, here's a way you can help this Saturday's Twitter event. So that was today. This Saturday from 12 noon, we're going to get together with the fans in the Facebook groups, the Circuit fan group, the Circuiteers, plus our amazing cast will participate. And we're going to have a Twitter storm. If you want to help and participate, look for the post at 12 noon on Twitter at Circuit Movie and retweet that tweet. Then start tweeting out our actors that you're excited about at Circuit Movie and begin tweeting all your friends. Make sure to always put the at circuit movie in your tweets, as well as the hashtag, hashtag we are the circuit. And if we do this as one big team, we will start trending and get this project out to potentially millions of new people that haven't heard about it yet. Now that's pretty cool. Including the link to the Kickstarter page or www.thecircuitfilm.com 
is also a good thing to write in your tweets. So let's do it. We're going to make this fun. Get to know each other. Remember, always have, always blast out the hashtag, hashtag we are the circuit. That's super important. Let's help the world to climb on board a revolution and bring back Trek ethics and the Roddenberry way to science fiction through this groundbreaking new concept, the circuit, Urbiesa. Plug in, hashtag we are the circuit. Now I will include the link to the um, Periscope, um, which is Twitter um, live stream that they did today. Um, I watched most of it, but of course had to stop to get ready for today's show. Yeah, so I caught quite a bit of the Periscope broadcast that was run by friend of the podcast, Captain Bill Morgan. Hi, Bill. Hi, Twelfth Fleet. So he's been... And don't forget to unmute the mic. mic. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, he has a habit of... Um... Son, what was the name of the button that Manu named? Uh, well, we discussed a couple of different buttons last week. Was it not something was, like the X button or something? I was thinking about the fucking button that's not working. Ah. Yeah, see, last week we talked about a muffin button and a blowjob button, so take from yeah. that what you will. <laughs> Didn't he do the blowjob button in a funny accent as well? That was funny. It's old man <laughs> accent. <laughs> You'll have to excuse me, I'm currently giggling into my mic. <laughs> <laughs> and next Saturday, they're looking to try and get all the science fiction, Star Trek, and um, other groups all over Facebook to try and get all their members to donate just a dollar. Because with the amount of people that you have in these groups, if every member donated a dollar they could easily make it to the 20,000, 20, the 200,000. So um, they are intending to do a live stream at least from 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. Pacific time and maybe even longer if they can pull it off. So, um, yeah, keep an eye out on their social media pages. So um, just have a look for at um, the Circuit Movie so they will, of course, let you know when they have the information to give us. Okay, well, that's it for Holodeck. So now it's time for community feedback. Community feedback. Join with us. Share your thoughts. Resistance is futile. Just before we move into feedback, I want to give a quick shout out to friend of the podcast, Fred Kasdan, and his Twitch channel, Fred Kasdan's Basement. He always gives us a little shout out and plugs where he can, and he quite regularly provides links to Hollow Sweet Media uh, through his bots in his Twitch chat. So, hello, Fred, and thanks for the advertising. Hello, Fred. You, you see person on Reddit? People listen to us. People even share our episodes outside of us sharing the episode. Indeed. Thank you very much. So, son, did you want to start with feedback from the Stove Forums? Wait, wait, just did we ask community questions last week? We didn't. 
Okay, that explains why there's no community question. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Yeah, no, Stu Dog didn't delete it all. <laughs> Thankfully. Can you look inside the show notes to see if I put the show notes inside the show notes again? Yo, Stu Dog, I heard you like show notes, so I put some show notes in your show notes. <laughs> put some show notes in show notes. Okay, so general feedback. Alex Wonder replied on the Stow forums and said, Hello there, Tribbles. Uh... There's not that much to talk about this week. Balance QA livestream. Okay, first off, I really like the way this is going. More communication is great. I wholeheartedly encourage more and better communication. I'd still like to get some sort of state of the game blog or maybe even a roadmap by the EP, Mr. Ricosa. But maybe he's just busy doing uh, something. I haven't really heard or read much from him. Well, that season 13 flavor blur, but that's about it. Without it, I wouldn't even know whether he's still EP or not. Shrug. And announcing these live streams a little earlier would be really nice. Sure, some of the more recent live streams have been announced a few days in advance, but for others, it was just a few hours, or just one hour. I don't know if anyone else cares, but these kind of last minute announcements annoy me greatly. But I I'd agree with that. I'd, For me, yeah. it's been oh, there was a, there was a live stream yesterday. Oh, oh well, we're going to catch the recording then. Well, for me, it's more like oh, there was a, there was a live stream thing. Okay, I don't care. Moving on, because I had no forewarning. You know. Yeah, I'm pretty much the same as Son on that one. But I digress. So back to topic. Bordicus, who seems to be the lead systems designer, now sat down with, an with Ambassador Kale and answered questions about the whole rebalancing thing. So, um, since more or less around the launch of Agents of Yesterday, we got a new lead artist, a new lead content designer, and a new lead systems designer. I'm curious to see what these people can do. The somewhat cursory glance at their design philosophy I got into during or I got during the live stream was not bad. Not bad at all. I don't quite dare call it good because, well, you probably read my email by now, so time will tell if Cryptic is finally starting to deliver, but the live stream left me slightly less skeptical. Oh so slightly. I just wish someone got the story back on track. No, I'm not going to go into the featured episode again. See, all those issues might be molehills to midnight, but this is not a molehill or even two or five. It's more akin to what I said during the Iconian War. Death by a thousand paper cuts. 250th episode giveaway. Just a heads up. I want to state in public. On Wednesday evening, I received an, an email from Ambassador Kale. I have entered the toss boff code contained within that email, and the C-Store shows them as available. I have not claimed them yet because I do not think I have enough open slots right now, but for all intents and purposes, I consider that part of the giveaway as delivered. So thanks to the Tribbles crew, and thanks to Cryptic. Yes! I gave credit where credit is due. The same Wednesday evening, I hit the reply button to give uh, him the information he required to deliver the ship. As of right now, I have not received any response. But who knows how long these things take. As soon as that matter is settled, I will let you know. 
the way that I understand it is that whoever the community manager is has to send an email to the person who generates the promo codes specifically for like ships and things, and then that has to get sent back to you. So that may be what that is. I just had a look back, and there was a Stow Balance Q&A stream, which is what he's been talking about um, by Borticus, which was on the 8th of May. Yes. So, yeah, I hadn't seen that one either. So Chozo Elder Second responded on the Stow forums. I don't have much to say, so don't even bother. Uh, b- b- bother? 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 What? Whoa. Where did that come from? I don't have much to say, so don't even bother reading this live. Okay, we won't. No, 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 I'm, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Balls. <laughs> <laughs> what, like, what, what even was that bother thing all about? What? I started to, I was trying to say bother, and what came out of my mouth and my head registered was bod to thur. So that's what I thought I was starting to say. <laughs> reboot reboot that's exactly what i had to do yes like alex i can confirm that my code uh from the uh of the toss boss worked a close friend became ecstatic a few minutes later after i gave it i'm glad it wasn't bound by email thanks cryptic uh, so it appears chozo already had the the toss boss nice also like alex i have not received my ship yet i'll let you know when it happens he uh, the signed poster obviously won't be as fast as in-game stow mail, so I'll just put uh, that all the way in the back of my brain. And son, son, don't talk to me. Don't talk to me about Federation Force. Speaking as a massive Metroid fan, that spinoff was such a, a gut punch. It's been ten years since the last good mainline Metroid game. I know, right? Other M was horrible. <laughs> Moving on. Uh, Stephen Carvel posted on the Tribbles Facebook page for our uh, episode last week. Loved the episode, guys. Love that Midner, uh, love that Mr. Midnight is as calm and sedated as a Vulcan. But this week's son nearly managed to get a rise out of him with all the nitpicking of the featured episode. I almost had him! I almost had him! Best of luck next time, son. Really knowledgeable hosts as usual. Though, if Sun could ease up on the relentless cynicism, that would be just swell. Just a, just, just a bit, mind you. Thanks again for the show, you guys. I do it because I care! Thank them for the feedback. <laughs> no, really, I th- you know, everything that I do is, is because I want the game to be at a place where it is, where it is good. And there are things that just get to me, and and I do get passionate and relentless about it. But <laughs> in that respect, I'm just like any other Trek fan at, at all, period. So yeah, thanks for the feedback. I will try. I can't guarantee anything, but I will try. So finally, this week's last piece of feedback is an email we received from Alex Wunger. Just take your time and enjoy this trip down memory lane. Story time. Part, I don't know, a not-so-short history of balance. Clever punnage. Chapters, Very funny. <laughs> chapter zero. I feel so old now. 
I mentioned before that I don't have any faith in Cryptic's commitment to balance in general and PvP in particular. Why? Well, let's start at the beginning. You might remember that I once said Klingon battlecruisers were just plain better than Federation cruisers. And Sun disagreed. Yes, they have weaker shields and less cruiser commands, but I'm talking about a time when uh, cruiser commands and the Bortoscu didn't exist. A time when higher maneuverability and the ability to load dual cannons and the simple fact that their cloak enabled them to perform devastating alpha strikes made them just plain better. It was a time before beams... Uh, were, before beams were the end-all, be-all. Yes, I'm talking about the Dark Ages of Stowe. Chapter 1. In the beginning were dual heavy cannons. A long time ago, before Stowe went free-to-play, you either used dual heavy cannons or you were doing it wrong. Dual heavy cannons were the meta. One day, Captain Gecko showed up on P1 for an interview. They told him that some players nicknamed the game Escorts Online because of the power of dual heavy cannons, and asked him whether that was on Cryptic's radar, and if so, what they planned to do about it. His answer was, not a direct quote, but as close as I can get to the essence of his statement, we should probably nerf cannons, but since the majority of our players fly around in escorts and enjoy that playstyle, we won't. As you can imagine... The forums went down in flames because Gecko hates us! He wants to nerf cannons! Fire Gecko! Now, why did I see this statement as a problem? Well, you don't balance around the majority. Ever hear of the term flavor of the month? Turns out a lot of players flock to whatever is overpowered at the time. And the more overpowered, the more people will flock to it. So keeping stuff overpowered just because the majority plays it, well, it just perpetuates the issue. See, this is where this is where that um that issue comes in. That 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 talked about verbiage that is used over and over and over again ad nauseum by people who want to talk about balance changes. This term is called power creep, isn't it, Alex? Isn't it, everybody? Isn't it? H hello. Um, um, I'm not I'm just trying to think. entirely sure what power creep is. I always thought it was more along the lines of as the game goes on, they keep adding a new ability and a new item almost on a weekly basis. But they're not altering the things that you're fighting against. So you end up with very old enemies being just smashed and destroyed with new items or but the same is, abilities. Right, but the same can be said of, of weapons, can it not? If you're balancing around things to the point that instead of nerfing a thing that is really OP, you start building up the power of the other weapons so that people will play the other weapons and then that other weapon becomes OP, doesn't doesn't that also isn't that also power creep just in balance so it's like you're you have people sort of moving from one thing that was op to something else that's op and you haven't really solved the the problem you've still just got that that one god weapon well you've just changed the god weapon to something that was underpowered before 
Yeah, you, you've moved the god weapon. That's 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 what I've always thought of as power creep. You're 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 taking what is the end all of the game and you're just shuffling it around in the madness. Doesn't matter if it's part of a new item or if it's part of something that was severely underpowered and instead of lowering the whole scale across the board, you're yanking that up till it's above everything else so people start to use it. Well, at that point, you've put it above everything else. It's like saying that now that plasma burning consoles have been nerfed and don't do the damage they used to do, uh, maybe in the next update, there'll be insert new facility here. Um, there's going to be a village pub or something like that. That's the next fleet holding that comes out. And the consoles from that are the Ailstorm consoles that cause fear damage to ships. And uh, that's going to be like the new Plasma Fire. Yeah, but see, that's the thing. And, and yes, I have broken away from the email for the moment, guys. So bear with me. But that's the thing. At this point, at this point, Stu, even normal Plasma weapons don't do the damage they used to. Do you want to know why? Because damage over time effects now affect shields first. Yeah, rather than going to the, the, the base whole hull point of the of, ship. Yeah, the, the whole point of plasma was that the plasma damage over time was eating away at hull. Well, now it eats away at shields. Okay, m maybe. But what's the point of having Tetrion weapons when Tetrion weapons are what's supposed to do that? Yeah, if something is actually on fire it should be a physical thing that's on fire not an energy thing that's on fire i mean it's kind of made my tetrion build redundant because i use the 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 Herogen tetrion weapons i could get thousands of more shield damage now out of plasma weapons just plinking hull or uh, plinking shields and setting those shields on fire than i could ever get out of tetrions because they've made the DOT for plasma shields first. Whereas the damage over time effect for the Herogen Tetrions is shields only. This, this, is, this, is, this is, you know, power creep, man. Yeah. Anyway, getting back to the email. And thank you, Stu, for keeping my place. I was about to go hunting for it. <laughs> Chapter 2. It's all fun and games until somebody wants to play support and gets laughed at. Oh, I know, right? Pretty much every MMO out there shows that the majority of people play damage dealers. Sure, some prefer, uh, prefer me melee, while others prefer ranged, but dealing damage is usually the easy way to go. Being a tank or a healer means that you take on a certain amount of responsibility. Some players like that. That's why they play it. My main character in World of Warcraft is a restoration healing spec druid. Over time, I've grown bitter and resentful of the damage dealers that are too stupid to move out of the fire, but I have the power to just let them die. And that's exactly what I let, uh, that's exactly what I do. You play to the best of your ability, and I will do what I can to keep you alive. That's how I roll. My main character in Stowe is an engineer. Yes, I was kind of tired of being the healer, but I still wanted to be potentially useful in groups. Oh, well, good thing I never made 
this my main MMO, right? Anyway, nerfing something feels bad for the affected players, but you cannot possibly buff everybody else. If there is an outlier, you will deal with the outlier. I assume Midnight's going to agree with me when I say that when you modify a piece of software, you do not want to make five changes if you have the option to make one change instead. You want to make as few changes as possible because the more knobs you turn, the higher the possibility to get weird and unforeseen interactions. Read bugs. Is, is he right about that, Midnight? H hello? H hello? Midnight. He's gone to sleep like me last week. <laughs> At this point, I wouldn't doubt it. I would not doubt it one bit. You see, now, having not really played any other MMOs, I wonder if the whole, like, you know, support and healing thing in Stowe, is that... Because I'd always thought that in other MMOs, everything was really... You had to work together or you're fucked. Like that's uh, exactly that's exactly Leroy right. Jenkins is one exactly that sort of right. to mind. But um, in Stowe, let's say that you're in a ship and you're dealing a silly amount of DPS. Uh, say now the sort of new high level is just over a hundred, so you're doing your hundred DPS, and you die a lot, but you're still doing that damage. And really, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to die. And then you respawn 12 seconds later. It's not a problem. It doesn't ruin your day. It doesn't ruin anyone else's day. And everyone still gets paid at the end of it. So you're still killing stuff. You're still doing all the damage. Whereas in other things, uh, if you die, that that's it. That's... Um, Unless somebody over. has a revive spell, right? Yeah, or people are kind of keeping you alive. Like, uh, well, I used to play Final Fantasy, and when one person went down, it was a sort of mad scramble to get them back on their feet again, because everyone seemed to be vital. If they stay Whereas... down too long, then it's just going to be a domino effect. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah, that's typically what happens. Whereas in Stowe, it's just, eh. See, yeah, but see, seconds, but see, there's there's another issue that that okay, yeah, a twelve second respawn, unless you're getting clobbered over and over again, taking all the aggro, and you're super squishy, because that that twelve second window then goes up to twenty seconds, and then thirty seconds, and then forty seconds. Yeah, but, but then, you look at, you things are gonna... sorry, geez, on you go. No, no, go for, I was going to say, like, you look at other MMOs, yeah, and obviously working as a team clearly stands out. You know, you've got your World of Warcraft, for instance, where you've got your damaged people, but it it states that obviously recommended for to have a healers and things like that, and there's a purpose for it. Whereas in STO, you know, you go into like a PvE queue, and to me, when I play it, there's not really a need for a healer because you're all healing yourself, you know? So the the emphasis on healing other people isn't really there. It's just a case of how much damage can we do in the quickest time possible. 
unless you get slapped with an AFK penalty, because the moment you get in the match, already half of the Borg are destroyed, and this big, huge cruiser that has a bajillion DPS is already starting to attack both the other side of ISA and the Gateway, and is actually successfully killing the Gateway before the second half of the Transformer is gone. But then that's just bad luck. See, that's the biggest problem. <laughs> the biggest problem with with the biggest problem with Stowe is not that there's a holy trinity. It's that everyone can be that one asshole. Everybody can be Leroy Jenkins, and and instead of dying like Leroy Jenkins did, by the way, happy birthday, happy happy twelfth birthday, Leroy Jenkins. <laughs> instead of Instead of dying like Leroy did and wiping the whole team because of an idiot, the guy goes in there with the biggest, baddest DPS and swings his big E-peen around because he killed everything. That was a good uh, film, by the way, if I watched the right one. Yeah, I mean, like I said, going back to other MMOs, you know, the emphasis on teamwork is, is a lot more there. Like, you have to... I mean, like, having four people as damage... In some MMOs like World of Warcraft, and that clearly doesn't clearly doesn't work. Um, you you look at the console, for instance, as well. Like you know, games like Overwatch and things like that. Again, it doesn't really work. The emphasis on having a healer and you know maybe a tank and two damage people is a lot more strong. And like I said, with with Star Trek Online, you know, any you could have four people that can do damage but they all heal themselves. So the emphasis is not for someone. It, the emphasis isn't there for one person to heal the whole team, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because everyone can just do it themselves, which is why, like you said, you get people that act like donuts and, you know, mess it up for everyone else because they obviously can do it, do it themselves. I don't know. Am I like on the right track or veering off it? Well, it's, it's all, it, it's part of a, a, it's part of a history of problems with this specific MMO. You know that the the original idea of of Star Trek Online was that it would have the Almighty Trinity, and then they went, "Well, we don't want to we don't want to pin people into specific roles because they're going to have their engineering bridge officer and their science bridge officer and their tactical bridge officer too. Their career may be one thing, but I mean, let's be honest, Janeway was a science officer in a science ship and was the captain of that ship and some of the stuff that that ship did was amazingly engineered. Yeah. And amazingly tactical too. But that's because you had your two Vox and and your Bolana Torres and seven of nine. Welcome back, sir. <laughs> yeah, see, I mean, the way the way that I look at the STO now is that clearly escorts do damage, engineers are supposed to be tanks, and science are supposed to be the ones that can heal and you know do things like that. But obviously, as you've seen in numerous videos, science vessels, if made right could actually do as much damage as an escort and vice versa you know so there's no need for me to be in a team with a science vessel and that science vessel constantly healing me you know because like i said either i could do it myself they can do it themselves and then they could do just as much damage as i can so we could progress you know whenever i see that i'm having 
a bit of a hull problem. I just hit my uh, my engineering team button, and boom, that's a hull back up to 50% and still Bingo. passively regenerating and going up. Or if something else is affecting me negatively, I just hit my own hazard emitters, and it cures it and clears it. Unless you're in the Badlands battle zone. Look, I've, I've, specced, I've specced my Cardassian science officer as as a non-threatening it's a non-threat spec it's you know so every every ability she has placates because she's not taking aggro right that's how that's supposed to work unless you're in the badlands battle zone and then for no other reason than you popped something like a grav well you take instant aggro from everything even with other people there in there doing like wholly outclassing you in damage, you still take immediate aggro. That that shouldn't work if you're doing a placate build. I shouldn't be gaining threat just because I plopped a thing when my whole build is about not generating threat. Yeah. Was that that well does this go does this go back to the argument of how unbalanced the game is? You know, it's it's so balanced that everyone on no matter what level they are has the same or equal amount chance of basically progressing. So there's no like I said, again, there's no there's no need for team play in this kind of MMO. As uh, Alex made an aside at the end here, by the way, that that was the censored word uh part in my last feedback. Knobs to turn. Apparently, knob is a bad word. I didn't know that, so thanks, over-eager censoring software. Um, on the subject of censoring software, uh, caution, swearing ahead. But um, So if you type in ass into Twitch chat, it censors it out. So if you were talking about a donkey and you wrote ass, it totally wouldn't like it. However, it doesn't censor out arse. Just my input to that's because twitch is an american-based company so the twitch has has recently and i say recently it's been almost four or five months now implemented a a censoring software within the code itself of twitch is twitch's chat so you have words like fat ass and all this other stuff that that can be censored depending on the sensitivity of censoring you use for your chat which yes there is a slider in twitch now that allows you to manipulate the sensitivity of censoring in twitch from all the way off to all the way up so yeah that's a thing that exists anyway chapter three everything is a-okay right you might wonder, if Cryptic was unwilling to nerf dual heavy cannons, what made them change their minds, since nowadays seem to be the way to go? Well, I'm glad you asked. See, dual heavy cannons continued to reign supreme until one developer decided to rework the lackluster beam fire at will and beam overload abilities. Except that something broke in the new FAW, Fire at will ended up being stupidly OP, and since we're talking uh, since we're talking about cryptic, they were either unwilling or unable to hotfix it. 
or fix it quickly, or just roll it back for the time being. And if you remember my statement from about Flavor of the Month, over time, people made the switch to beams, and Cryptic just let it happen. Or remember the time when you were, uh, when you would put uh, neutral consoles into science slots, because science consoles were just that bad? What changed? Embassy consoles! Cryptic does not fix balance issues. Cryptic throws more damage into the mix, and more damage, and more damage! Unlimited power! <laughs> this is the part where I throw force lightning. I'm sure I, I saw Dr. Chaotica there. No, no that, that's, that's Star Wars. Ah, uh, that, that Star franchise, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Seen them, but not not recently. And um I I'm not like able to quote much from Star Wars apart from <sighs> And you do it so well, Chewie. Okay, now we're now we're getting into the weird chapter title territory. I've only seen this once, so I apologize if this this doesn't sound exactly the way it's supposed to. <clears throat> Chapter 4. This is balance! Boot to the head. Sorry. <sighs> you know, when Sun talked about feedback tanking to do damage, in any somewhat balanced game, feedback pulse would reflect a portion of the incoming damage and create additional threat. It would be an area of effect AoE tanking ability. Imagine if extend shields could be used to redirect all enemy fire within its radius to you and you just pop feedback pulse to generate a lot of AoE threat. You would do the tanking using AoEs like fire at will and while your friends zipped around in escorts doing their dual heavy cannons for massive damage to a single target at a time. And the science vessel might throw in buffs and debuffs, heals, exotic damage, or something along those lines. That would be somewhat reminiscent of the Trinity. And a ship like the Nebula class could serve as a perfectly fine support ship. Like a healing specced paladin. Doing little to no damage, but being somewhat resilient and keeping our everybody around them alive. See, when I watch Timberwolf's videos and a battlecruiser is more survivable and does more damage than an escort or a raider, something doesn't add up. Feedback Pulse should be a tanking ability, not a damage ability. Damage dealers should be somewhat squishy. They should not want to aggro everybody and everything. If they do, they should just die and do no damage at all. Being able to combine an, uh, an ability, like go down fighting, with the invincible trait is just plain bad game design. Imagine if invincible cut your damage output by 50% while it was active. The number is negotiable. Or let's think about go down fighting. You put all of your energy reserves into your weapons because you expect to die. But you want to take your enemy with you. 
Imagine if Go Down Fighting gave you a debuff after it ended. Maybe it cuts all your subsystem power by 50% for a while. Or because life support is failing, an uncleanse ability, damage over time debuff, is placed on you that kills you if you don't receive massive amounts of outside healing. Since, you know, you have no power left to heal yourself. Chapter 5. Won't somebody please think of the PvPers? When Perfect World acquired Cryptic Studios, one of the devs said that Perfect World was committed to PvP. Well, of course, they are. PvP is its own content. I mean, you don't have to throw nearly as many new missions or maps or other gimmicks at at them compared to PvE. You just throw a new map or a new mode at them every couple of months and they entertain themselves. The difficult part is getting the balance right, but if you do it, and you do it well, PvE also benefits from being reasonably well balanced. The interesting part is that Sometime after being bought through Perfect World, one of the devs, I think it was Borkus, actually said on the forums that since PvP was such in was in such a bad shape, they were seriously considering whether to completely revamp it or just scrap it altogether. I like this one. I really do like this one. Chapter six. Balance. You keep using that word. I do not think what you. I do. I do not think it means what you think it means. Bear with me, I'm almost done. See, every now and then people ask if, since we're in an alliance now, fed KDF players might get access to Romulan ships and vice versa. Tier 5 and Tier 6 Romulans, or Tier 5 and Tier 6 of the faction vessels for Romulans. And one of those times, one of the devs actually answered that KDF and later on Romulan ships were meant to be slightly overpowered, to lure people into playing those factions. Wait, what? Did that dev actually say they intentionally fucked up balance? Yes. Yes, they did. And the real scandal, in my opinion, is that people did not pay enough attention to that statement. By the way, since we're talking about balance, does somebody, anybody know why we have single cannons in this game? Do they serve any purpose at all? Has anyone actually ever used them? Why did they exist? Will this balance pass give them a purpose? I don't think so. But maybe Cryptic's gonna surprise. Aw, who am I kidding? Actually, yes, I have used single cannons. I have as well. Very long time ago. It's it's interesting because you can actually use single cannons in place of beam arrays on, on the ships that can't equip dual cannons and dual heavy cannons. So it can give you that kind of forward gunnery position of being a, a, a DPSer without having the DPS to back it up, which seems redundant. But yeah, I have used it. But the time that I did, I was flying Tetrions. I mean, hello, Tetrions. <laughs> If I'm going to deal damage with this thing, I'm, it might as well strip shield so I can be hitting hull with my science abilities. Let's finish this. Conclusion. Fool me once. Shame on you. Fool me how many times? I lost count. That's funny. I'm sorry, Alex. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay. If I was interested in PvP, and I'm not, and I consider all of those statements and actions above... Why would I still be playing this game? 
Answer? I wouldn't. All the things that led up to this point in time tell me that Cryptic's commitment to balance in general, and PvP in particular, is about as trustworthy as all those Nigerian princes that keep asking people for money. Sure, there's a tiny possibility that one of them is real, but the burden of proof is on Cryptic. It's also a console thing. Anyway, that's the end of the email, and yeah, it's kind of a console thing. The only reason PvP is in any sort of balanced state, and they've made any of these balance changes, is specifically because of the fucking console. That's it. That is your answer straight out. Why? Because they said the exact same fucking thing about the lighting changes. We would not have the new updated lighting that did take a while to come to PC, but the fact that they is that they made everything quote-unquote, better in lighting situation because of the console. And if they hadn't done that, we wouldn't have it. If they hadn't made the console version and did all the lighting fixes and all that stuff, we wouldn't have it. It, it, We wouldn't have this season if people on console were wholly avoiding PvP because they didn't like it. We wouldn't have the balance changes if there was not a need to get the changes out there specifically for console. Uh, Are you thanking console? No. (laughs) No, I'm saying that all of this shit is being forced upon Cryptic because of the console. Oh, come on. How do you know that wasn't the direction that they were going to go in anyway? Because they flat out said it with the lighting changes. With lighting changes, a dev, I don't remember what interview it was, but a dev flat out said when asked, no, we would have never made these changes for PC if it wasn't for us bringing this to console. And because of that statement, every balance and change that comes out for the game now, with new seasons and new stuff and all that stuff, I automatically apply that statement to because it's true and it's going to be true until the end of this game at least on (laughs) console because they are going to cater to that console audience because that console audience hasn't been in the game for seven years and doesn't and may not wholly understand cryptic and perfect world's marketing scheme and gone "Eh, screw that whatever that is for console Everything is new and shiny, and everybody wants to have and purchase the new and shiny. And it's going to stay that way for a couple of years. I see what you're saying, but surely the the new lighting improved the game. I'm not saying it didn't. I'm not saying it didn't. What I'm saying is a dev literally said by their own mouth, we would have never done this if it wasn't for us bringing Stowe to console. And you have to take a lot, a lot of that and apply it to everything about how this game is run. Yeah. Oh, wow. Looks like console taking over then, eh? For the moment, yeah. Sorry, PC. (laughs) Sorry, I'm going to wind up. Oh, well, I mean... See, you know, looking at the bigger picture, is PC gaming dying out compared to consoles? You know, is there still... Is the market big enough for PCs compared to gaming uh, on consoles? 
it's it, you know it's a big question and you know you take STO for instance as well you know I know you said that there's been players in there for seven odd years and I completely agree and understand because I've got a lifetime subscription myself on the PC and I started out on the PC etc but when you look at the figures that they that they've got would you say that they've got more of a base on the PC and with the console players catching up or you know, or or not much interest for the console, or would you say that now that the game's gone free to play, and that that console players are more than the PC? Well, because you you have to you have to remember the entire progression of of the game itself. The game what didn't start mm. off as free to play at all. No, that's true. Actually, the, the game didn't start as free to play, and when it became free to play. The PC version, which was the only version, gained a whole bunch of followers and a whole bunch of new people in it. But even then, you had the people doing their their data mining for Stowe back then, even when it was, you know, pay to play. Yeah. And they had console specific or they had, you know, they had coding specifically for Stowe being playable through the xbox mm, yeah and it was really old coding and it was really horrible and they couldn't you know they talked about how they couldn't have ever done it in the first place anyway and now seven years later they have it on two consoles and the pc mm. but then the initial code that was there for the xbox that would have been for the 360 right Whereas at the time yeah yeah, now the consoles on the market are probably more suited to running sort of PC-style stuff at that level that they are. It's like to say that um, a games console on the market now is better than my PC because it can run still on the increased lighting. See, that's, that was my next thought. With the consoles now obviously becoming more and more advanced, they're near enough on the same par, level par as a PC. You know, obviously, yeah, you do have your individual things that you can upgrade, i.e. graphics cards, processors, etc., etc. But you're getting a console like the PlayStation 4, for instance, that could be on par with a basic PC and do all that well, it's not, even, it's not even that it's on par with the basic PC. It's on par with the basic gaming PC. And you're going to yeah. go out and buy one every couple of years because it's a new console. When people still are running computers right now with XP on them from, you know, years and years and years ago. Silly mm. people. At, at what stage then does a console cease being a console and start being a mid-decent range PC. Um, earlier on in this very podcast, we mentioned that you could hook up keyboards to your console. It, so, it, um, honestly, honestly, there's, there, there is no differentiation now. And in fact, in, 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 in many circumstances, in many circumstances, a game on PC is worse than it is on console because 
if you're building a game and you build it for a console, all of those consoles are uniform across the board. So you know exactly what specs you're getting into building a game around those specs. With a with a with with a computer itself, with a PC, which in itself is its own console, you're you've got different manufacturers. You've got different specs of putting the things together. You've got different, some, uh, different amounts of RAM, different graphics cards, different processors. And you have to somewhat account for all of that. Which is why you see a whole bunch of game developers who make games for consoles and then do what's called porting, where they port it to the PC. They make it backwards compatible for PCs. Okay. It used to be, it used to be that everything was pushed through the PC because making a game for PC was the equivalent of of a training run. You were putting the game through its paces. Developers don't want to make, don't want to waste money like that anymore. Well, I say waste money. They don't want to use money like that anymore because a cons a console itself is flatlined across the board with specs. They know exactly what they can get away with making. And after the fact, after the fact, and after they have a return on their investment, then they can decide whether or not they want to go through the quote-unquote hassle of bringing such a game to PC. Okay. So would it not be easier for, I suppose, in terms of development-wise, would it not be easier for cryptic or perfect world to make the game well it was easy by the looks of it for them to make the game for console people anyway so it just kind of seemed like the next logical step really well it's they had a game on the pc that they had to then port to console and because of the game's Uh, This may not be the right word, but it's the word I'm going to use. Because of the game's deprecated state, they literally had to lift the game into a high-definition standard to even be on a baseline on the consoles that they're on right now. They had to. No ifs, ands, or buts. And if they hadn't, they wouldn't be on consoles. Because all of those consoles require that your games be HD at minimum. Yeah, definitely. 720 don't even work anymore. So they had to drag Star Trek Online out of the state they had let it get into to put it into all of these new lighting changes, new models, new textures, new HD, everything across the board to get onto the console. So again, yeah, sure, it's nice that PC has all the changes. Sure, this would have never happened. And Cryptic would still be running this game into the ground with all the old crap if if somebody hadn't gone and poked them and said, make this for console. Which I want to say is Perfect World, because Perfect World is wanting to do that with a whole bunch of their games. Okay, no need to thank console. <laughs> I don't I don't thank console for I don't thank console for the improvements that Cryptic should have been making all along. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, big point. Fair play. Okay. Well, 
Thank you, everybody, for your feedback. Whichever way that you provide it to us, whether it's through forums, or social media, email, we're always grateful for you spending some time to send it to us, and we will always go through it when we get it. So, quickly on to any other business. Any other business. For anyone who listened last week, I am actually, each day in June, I'm planning to walk 10,000 steps. So I got some boots that were made for walking, or at least some trainers that were made for walking. Is that just what they'll do? Yep. So this week I actually started doing some practicing. So I've been walking in circles around the work car park. So in the last few days I've built up just over 22,000 steps. So it's what I should be doing in two days instead of five. You've got to get those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers. Well, considering the last time I did any decent amount of walking was the late 90s, early noughties, I thought I'd start off a little bit lower than going straight into trying to do the 10,000. So. Steve was around in the early noughties. <laughs> I was around oh, before hey. then. <laughs> <laughs> so, yep, um, this is to raise money for cancer research. So... Please, if you can, um, please sponsor me. Um, I'd be very grateful. So I shall put the link into the show notes. Alrighty. Well, that is it for this week. So, community questions. Do you guys have any Star Trek Online related question you wanted to ask, especially based on discussions this week and last week, including the feedback? No, no. I I saw, I came, I used a bucket afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I well, think we're due for a ship seal. If you're saving up for a ship because you're expecting a seal, what ship is it? Oh. It, it might be the Tier 6 Miranda. <laughs> 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 um, Judging by I'm, these pictures, I don't know. Oh. I'm saving up for... Uh, that new escort bundle thing. I mean, because because remember, remember, we got we got the tier six nebula alongside of getting all of the updated stuff for the nebula itself, like the Phoenix mission pod and stuff. And for me, the question for Star Trek Online is regarding the new war games, with it bringing in a sort of PvP aspect to PvE. What are your thoughts on the war games? Especially now we have all three missions. And then for Star Trek timelines, have you been sharing any crew to your squadron? And if so, how have you been doing it? Okay, that's it for this week. If you would like to get hold of us, you can contact us at Tribbles in XTC on Twitter, Facebook, Google+, Star Trek Riser and Player.me. If you'd like to actually leave us a message, you can either go to any of the Tribbles pages on holosuitemedia.com and use the little recording widget at the side, or you 
you can actually just leave it directly on SpeakPipe at, by going to speakpipe.com forward slash tribbles in XTC. If you'd like to listen to us in syndication, you can get us every Wednesday on trekradio.net and subspace-radio.net. And you can also get us on iTunes and Google Play. So, until next week, thank you very much and goodbye everyone. Bye-bye. satellite radio for our remastered shows and more you can follow us on twitter at tribbles in xtc or if you have any questions or comments please send an email to tribbles in ecstasy at gmail.com join us next week for another episode of tribbles in ecstasy the only place where tribbles and klingons are friends